0: He came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Three weeks of paternity to leave and a hotel for training camp. These things do not overlap, at least this year. Next year, my goal is to make them overlap. I don't think I get three weeks, and I definitely know I don't get a hotel. 412 922 is the number to call. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Antonio Brown turned 30. I think he's the best football player I've ever seen. Yeah, that's right. I'm not exactly somebody who can evaluate offensive line play well enough to be like, oh, it was Orlando Pace. Ray Lewis is in my conversation. Troy Polamalu, the way that he affected games, is in my conversation. I'm talking about guys that I've seen a lot play live. I'm not going to do the TV thing. Like, Mike Trout's the best player I've ever seen. Well, I've never seen him play live. I'm going to be at least genuine. Peyton Manning, I saw a bunch. Tom Brady, I saw a bunch. Antonio Brown, I see all the time. You go to training camp, watch that guy. And again, I'll get into this in more detail coming up in the next segment, but he is worth the price of admission alone to go to training camp. Isn't it free to go to training camp? Regardless, that's one reason to go. He never takes days off. He's always on the damn field. And he does things at practice that... You don't even see him doing games, and the things he does in games are unbelievable. He's the best player I think I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Now, you watch Troy Palomalu training camp, but you weren't exactly learning much with Troy. Troy's wearing the sweats out there, if he's even practicing. Troy never went to OTAs. He just wasn't going to go. Antonio, he's always out there, and he's always freaking entertaining. Would slashing of concession prices be enough to get you into a stadium for a Steelers game this year? If you're not somebody who goes already, if you are somebody who goes already, give me a call, 412 2874 Why do you put yourself through that? I mean, you're a super fan, right? That's why you go. You go because you want to watch the Steelers play, and you love the Steelers, and you want to get your opportunity in to see them play. But I mean, you can watch them on TV. I loved the in-game experience as a kid. Now, I just... I have outgrown it. I like beer being two feet from me and the toilet being even closer. I like watching on the big screen. I like knowing the statistics as the game's going on. I find it hard to keep track of that kind of stuff in stadium. I like that. I like being able to hear the commentators. I think that that helps the product. So the price is being slashed if they were to be slashed at Steelers games this year on concessions, would not make me want to go anymore. Now, I do get to go if I want to with the press pass, but that's not the conversation that we're having. The reason I bring this up is there's a good piece in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The Ravens cut their prices by 33%. The Falcons cut their non-alcoholic concession prices by 50%. Draft beers in Atlanta, they cost only 5 bucks, and they wound up selling a lot more of the stuff. And they say they sold a lot more merchandise. Now, the merchandise probably happened because they won the damn Super Bowl. But they think that it was good for them. I don't think it would hurt the Steelers. I'm wondering, though, if it would make you want to go to a game more. Brian, I don't know about you. Would you go to a game more if stuff's cheaper? I guess it would make it would get make get, make me have a better shot of going.
1: It make it easier. I mean, if you're gonna want if you're gonna make people want to go to the games more, I think you got to cut things that are gonna get them to the game more. Things like parking and ticket prices. That's gonna get more people in the seats, but that's not gonna happen. We all know that. So, and and kind of Fittipaldo kind of hit it on the head. You're getting people in the doors with the cheaper food prices, so there might be a little more money for, say, merchandise, you know, a t-shirt, a hat, something like that. So they might make some gains there. I honestly think one way to bring people into the stadium, bring more people in, let them bring their own food. Like, if I could cart out with, like, a bunch of hot dogs, like, in a cooler and ready to go, and, you know, I don't have to worry about walking to the concession stand to buy anything. I just bring what I grilled in the parking lot, ready to go. It's in a baggie. Start eating it. Then I don't have to spend any money. Well, I'll go one further step in that, Brian. Why don't you bring your own beer into the
0: stadium? Wow, right? Oh, give me no, a that break! That makes a lot tongue. of sense. Everybody gets their six pack yeah, no. pounder. Just <laughs> bring in nice <laughs> little six pack to enjoy. What? What, what, uh, what could uh, possibly uh, go wrong? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I've been fearful by life of the law, God of the law. You can't do that because concession stands when. Sloppy Joe, who's sitting next to you, walks up and wants to get his 12th beer. They're gonna tell him no. Uh, if he brings in all 12 beers, no one's telling him no. I mean, you see how it is
1: already with him just hiding them down his pants on the way in. You know, right? <laughs> I mean, imagine if he can bring that in free and clear. I do agree with you that yeah, it would go to attendance would go through the roof. I'm looking sold out games every oh my week, God. but you just hey, you can't pull that off. You're getting into some trouble there,
0: quick. I got a bunch of people coming after me on Twitter here. Dave says he's going to the first game this year against the Patriots. Yeah, that'll be a blast if you survive the ground. Steelers and At says, Yeah, I've been going since I was five years old. But of course, Steelers and At's been going since he was five because that's what he's going to do. Braden, hey, Braden, he says, Never been. Pretty pricey. They are expensive. I think if you want to go like one time a year and you want to hang out with all your friends, you're in Great Friends, have some brewskis and watch the Stillers. That's great. I used to go all the time. That's just too much. It costs too much money. And even with a cut in concession costs, you're still there for four hours. You're still going to eat something. You're still going to drink something, whether it's water or otherwise. They're like six bucks for water in there.
1: It's easily a $200 day. Easily. Oh.
0: Easily. And this isn't just in Pittsburgh, so I should be clear there. It's all over the national football league. There are places that are a lot worse than Pittsburgh. You go to a Washington Redskins game. I know they, I don't know if this is true anymore, but they had had the media members paying for Wi Fi.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, it's insane. It's just so much money, and you can get everything in the comfort of your own home when you're watching Red Zone.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm going to sound like an old guy, but the older I get, the less hassle I like. Yes. Like you said, you know, so I don't want to deal with a lot of the hassle. I can get more out of watching a game, in HD, in my living room with beers right in front of me, my dog by my feet, and I'm just hanging out. If I need to go pee, it's not a 20-minute walk, waiting in line to go pee, and then coming back, and like you said earlier, oh, hey, I'd like a beer. Then I'm dropping in at eight bucks oh. there, and you know, by the time you get your beer, it's you miss thirty minutes of a of a game that you basically paid a couple hundred bucks for. It, it's, I and I think okay, this is going to be a hot take. A I'm ready bit. for it, baby. Ready for
0: this? Ready for the taking it?
1: Okay, I think more of the experience has to do with people telling their friends they went to a game or they're going to a game. I think it all sounds like a great idea. But in practice, it really is one big hassle. You gotta worry about where you're gonna park. You gotta worry about whether you found the cheapest parking. You gotta worry about how close that parking is to the stadium. Once you get to the stadium, you gotta worry about getting to your seats. You gotta worry about climbing all those stairs and getting back. And oh, do I have to pee before I climb those stairs because I'm not gonna get another shot at this for a while. Then you get up into your seats and maybe a guy who you wouldn't sit next to at home is sitting there. Maybe a little annoying. Maybe it's a fan from another market being very annoying. All this stuff adds up to things that you got to deal with, and that doesn't seem like relaxing to me. Relaxing is in front of your big-ass HDTV on a Sunday, feet up, in your underwear. Even if you want to wear underwear, you don't have to because you're in your home. That's relaxing right there. That's how I want to take in a
0: game. So what gets you to go? Are you more likely to go if it's a dome? I think I probably would be. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so that helps. I sound like a Nancy, but like comfort has a lot to do with it. I'd rat. I I'm more willing to go to an indoor game like a Penn's game because it's a little. You're in and out a little quicker. It's not even like a whole day. Plus, you're in climate controlled area. You don't have to worry about anything. You're not carrying extra blankets, pillows, seat cushions. Well, what it gets yards, damn man.
0: cold. I mean, some of the. Let me. I'll be honest. I'm always honest, but let me just be real here. The Some of my best memories growing up are, like, AFC Championship game in 2004. I mean, Steelers lost to the Patriots. It was ass. But just freezing my nads off with my dad. Like, that was a great time. Uh, Going with my cousins uh, to the games. That was awesome. My cousin Brian and I, we would go all the time, and we'd get messed up. And it was great. But now the older I get, the less and less I can deal with that cold. Like, I can't believe my dad dealt with the cold that day. I guess that's the power of love and fatherhood, right? But... I'm sure I'll take my kids to games, but then that brings in a whole other issue, right? Like, you can't bring your five- or six-year-old kid to a Steeler game. And again, not just the Steelers, but those games get obnoxious. I've never taken my kid to a West Virginia Mountaineer football game. I'm just not. Penguins game, it's kind of cushy now. I'll do that. Baseball game, if I feel like giving Bob Nutting money, I'd take my kids there because you're not going to have some ingrate behind you screaming F-bombs who's so tanked he can't even walk. At football games, you have that. So, to me, if I'm a guy who's got a kid, I'm taking my kid to one of those events. Or I'm watching on TV. Now, if I'm older, I don't want to sit in the cold anyhow. And then the only thing that keeps you warm is the beer. The more drunk you are, the warmer you feel you are. Now, your toes are falling off, but you are feeling warmer. But at that point, how many beers did you have to buy? So, to me, it's just a whole vicious cycle of not wanting to go to games anymore than I'm this age. And I, 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 I can get, do one, just one. I could do, I can do one. Like I will go to the West Virginia Oklahoma game the day after <laughs> Thanksgiving, even if it's freezing, just because I'm going to go to one. But I can't go to that many more than that. It's just it. There's six, seven, eight hours a a pop.
1: See, and I can get the memory aspect. Like if someone said to me, like I'm sitting here, look, I love being in the on the couch. This is great. And someone says, uh, you know, but what about the memories? You know, I have great memories growing up going to games with my dad. But like you said, there's a lot of hassle there that my dad went through as an adult realizing all the obstacles But we didn't know that we then. We don't know it then. It's just the greatest thing ever. And if you have kids and stuff, I think you have to do a service to take them to yeah. these games because they'll just filter out the bad stuff and they'll only remember the good stuff in the same way we did growing up. You know, I don't remember that there was a shooting two blocks over going to the, <laughs> the Oreo game when I was growing up. I don't remember that. But my dad had to walk me two blocks the other way so I wouldn't see it dead guy on the ground i only heard about that after the fact but you know those sorts of things and and i do get the memory aspect and i think for kids those are memories they need to have but as an adult it's almost it's almost a waste of money when you can enjoy the product in a much better way in the comfort of your own home
0: when i was 15 or 16 we saw my dad and i at a steelers game uh, saw santa pee himself (laughs) And by that time it's okay if I see Santa P himself. If I'm, you know, eight or nine, or in my case, and this is a topic for later on, I believe in Santa until I was in eighth grade, but yeah, we can we can get to that later. But you're a kid and you see Santa P himself. You're like, Daddy, why'd Santa P himself?
1: Daddy. Daddy, why Santa P himself? Daddy, why Santa
0: P himself? <laughs> Probably having one too many eggnogs, that's why, son. I think your point, Brian, about it kind of being a status symbol is a really good one. Like, you got to show your fandom off. Oh, I'm a bigger Steelers fan than you are. Or I've been to many games and you've only been to a couple of games. I, I think that is absolutely a big part of it. Hell, Steelers Nation Unite, I think, does a really good job of jumping off of that. Steelers fans want to earn points to be a better fan than the next fan. Yeah. And sure, you get free stuff, but.
1: And if you're going to be a better fan, you better show up to church every week. Every Sunday, you better be in church if you're going to be a good fan.
0: Well, here's another story about that. I had a priest tell me right after my first communion, I told him, ah, my mom and dad don't take me to church every Sunday, and he told me it was as bad as murder. Had my parents call on the oh, school a no. bunch. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> they do that though. The priest and fans. It's the same thing. Well, if you you got season tickets, oh do you sell them? You're <laughs> not a real fan. Oh, you weren't there to support yeah, the there. team that day? I'm not a real fan. Oh. It's like putty. No wonder they support, gotta support the team. <laughs> Coming up next. Other than this conversation, it's been a terrible day for the NFL and kind of for Pitt, but mostly for women, and that makes me sad. Also, we'll talk about Antonio Brown. He's 30, and I think he's the best football player I've ever seen. No hyperbole, just real. It's a Crowley show. Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between
1: you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion.
0: The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done
1: with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh.
0: What a terrible day in the National Football League. The Panthers new owner <laughs> This is this is insane. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just insane. The Panthers new owner has to keep the statue of former owner Jerry Richardson up outside the stadium. Have you ever seen this statue? He looks like Vince McMahon, like jacked, right? Like they they add like fifteen pounds of muscle, thirty pounds of muscle maybe to this dude. Everyone do me a favor. Google this picture right now. Google Jerry Richardson statue. Right now, while you're listening to the show, Jerry Richardson statue. He's flexing. He's all ripped in shiz. And then there's a panther there that's even more, Jack, that's got the world's biggest balls. (laughs) I defy you when you look at this statue
1: to not think of White Goodman taking the bull by the horns in dodgeball. Like, that's exactly the kind of statue this is. Holding the football out like he's handing it to some deity. I mean, now that's
0: that's a hilarious freaking comparison, first of all. Second of all, the panther that's coming out of his ass (laughs) looks like the creature that attacked... What's-her-face in... Ghostbusters. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney oh, Weaver. yeah, yeah, the, 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 the ghost dog. Yeah, the and ghost the, dog. The key master and the gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It actually looks scarier than the ghosty dog.
1: <laughs> Jerry Richardson and the key master and the, <laughs>
0: the gatekeeper. <laughs> why the hell do these Panthers have to be anatomically correct? Like, why do these Panthers have to have nads? Well, Jerry wanted his net showing, but they,
1: they nixed that. They were like, sorry, we can't we can't show your balls out here.
0: You know, that would have been the least surprising thing, is if Richardson would have had a Woody.
1: I'm going to need some bigger balls than the Jaguars. Just wait till Jerry Jones makes his statue. Okay, it'll just be balls. It'll be nothing else. It'll be two 15-story balls right
0: in front of Jerry World. And just a bottle of... The most expensive scotch on the mar- market. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, my God. So that happened. The new owner has to contractually keep that statue up, which is just a terrible look for the National Football League.
1: Wait, that's a no deal, right? Like, no, I'm not buying it. Screw you. <laughs>
0: like, what I would say is take him down and put me up. Like, let me be the statue that has the gatekeeper coming out of my ass. I'd look closely at language because
1: if you don't have to keep the statue exactly the same way, they're like, "Yeah, you got to keep the statue," but there's no clause in there that says you can't change it. I'm turning those jaguars around and attacking them.
0: <laughs> they're just going at him. There should be a bunch of lawyer statues surrounding him,
1: oh, no. guarding. It. How
0: about that? Also, today, not so funny. At all in the National Football League. You've got LaShawn McCoy who's caught up in some business. We don't exactly know what's going on there. Everything's alleged. You know, good things just seem to happen to Buffalo Bills running back. This is bad. His ex-girlfriend got beat by somebody. And her picture was posted on social media by a friend who then alleged that not only did LaShawn McCoy beat her, but also killed their dog by kicking it so much he got kidney failure, and then alleged that he beats his son. So suspension, you'd have to think, is coming up for LaShawn McCoy. Either way, it's just a bad look for the National Football League today. This coming days after Peter Pettigrew, the hell's his name, is not Peter Pettigrew. That's the guy from Harry Potter who turns into a mouse. Pettigrew, the former receiver for the Lions, he got arrested here in Pittsburgh. You know, I actually heard that the Steelers, they told him, we want to sign you, Pettigrew, but you got to get arrested first. You got to fit in. I joke. I kid. These Steelers are well-behaved. And in fact, this offseason, the Steelers kind of went out of their way to get rid of some of the misbehaviors. Uh, Martavis Bryant, they trade him away. Mike Mitchell, he's... Not a misbehavior in that regard, and please, let's not lump these all together, but he was the yappy one, right? Get rid of him. James Harrison, well, they got rid of him a little bit earlier. They're getting rid of some of the cancerous guys around the team, some of the big mouth guys around the team. So no, I'm kidding there about Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew? Not Peter Pettigrew. Whatever his name is. Pettigrew. Doesn't matter. He played for the Lions. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Not really in the National Football League. The other thing is the NFL Players Association, they released a statement saying that they're now working with the NFL in trying to come up with a solution for the Anthem's protest. Even though the NFL already went out of the way to do something without the NFLPA. So there's a lot circling around the league today that's not necessarily great news. Not at all great news. Now LaShawn McCoy, in terms of that, has denied allegations Police are investigating and now one of the things that has come forward in the investigation is that his ex-girlfriend was beaten a home invasion and the ex-girlfriend's family thinks that he had something to do with it. We don't know. Let's just throw this whole conversation under the carpet of alleged. The blanket of alleged. We're going to have the conversation. Please don't make it sound like LaShawn McCoy definitely did all these things because I don't know. Bad look, though. 4129222874. Antonio Brown, I think, is the best football player I've ever seen. Let's get some fun stuff going. The national football. He's the best football player I think I've ever seen. I, I make this comparison all the time. I watched Tavon Austin in college. For West Virginia. Just, 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 Tom. Here we go. Tom. Tom. Just, just hear me out for a second. And Tavon Austin made people look ridiculous in college. And we all know what he's turned into in the NFL. He's just a guy, and he'll later on this year, at some point, I'm sure, be waxing the ball statue of the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to happen. He's a cowboy now, Tom. I don't know if you know this. So we know what his career has turned into. But in college, he was as dominant as any receiver. I mean, he was a stud. He's a little scat guy. He wasn't going up and getting the fall like Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is the best college player I've ever seen. And Larry Fitzgerald is one of the best wide receivers of all time. But Tavon Austin would make guys miss in the open field in college. And you go, oh, damn, son. Antonio Brown does that to people in the NFL. Antonio Brown makes people look Ridiculous. In this league, with the best players of all time. Now, his statistics are lining up pretty favorably. Pardon the microphone move there. Sorry, Stan, if I broke your microphone here. With Jerry Rice. His numbers at the age of 30 are very comparable to who I think everyone considers the GOAT. They've played 115 games for Brown, 114 for Jerry Rice. A.B.'s Slapping his ass in reception, seven thirty three to five forty nine. Receiving yards fairly even, nine nine one zero for A. B. And for Jerry Rice, it's nine thousand three hundred forty nine touchdowns. Rice is smacking A. B. upside the butt. He's got ninety five through thirty in one hundred fourteen games, whereas Brown has fifty nine touchdowns. But the receptions are blown out of the water. Everything else is lining up favorably. And yeah, I know what people will say. Well, he had. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, well, Jerry Rice had some pretty darn good quarterbacks, too. Yeah, just okay. Couple of them. And then he went on to have Rich Gannon, too, in Oakland. That didn't hurt. Rich Gannon won an MVP, I think it was, in 2002. So for me to say something like Antonio Brown's the greatest football player I've ever seen, I don't think it's hyperbole. I just think I'm being honest here. I think right now he's the best player in the league. Aaron Rodgers has a package. Unlike any other I've seen at the quarterback position. He's got a quick release. And he's got a strong arm. And he can scramble around and he thinks the game well and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's the best quarterback, I think, I've seen in terms of a pure thrower of the football. But I think Antonio Brown is lapping the field right now at his position. Julio Jones, sometimes he gets mentioned in the conversation. Okay, fine. Uh, You want to mention him in the conversation? Yeah, you can mention him. I mean, keep him far away. Throw some adjectives and verbs and nouns in there before you eventually do get to Julio Jones because I think A.B. is that much better than him. People want to mention Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. ain't junk compared to Antonio Brown. He might be more athletic, maybe. He might have bigger hands. He might be flashier. He's not a better player than Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's been in the league for seven years, and he's got over 700 receptions. That's, whoa. He's got almost 10,000 yards in seven years. And this year, if he gets 100 catches, he'll cr- climb into the top 20-ish all-time in receiving yards, in receptions. So this guy's right up there. The things I see him do at training camp, being there every day watching them, it makes it worth it to go there. You're away from your wife. You got to hang out with Dale Lolly. That kind of stuff sucks. You don't get to look at Tom's nipples quite as much as I do when I'm here in the studio. You don't get to talk to Brian face-to-face. But you get to watch that guy play. And that's worth it to me. I think he's that much better than any player in the game, any receiver in the game. Aaron Donald's tearing stuff up right now. A lot of people say maybe it's Aaron Donald. uh, J.J. Watt is healthy. A lot of people say J.J. Watt. Tom Brady, obviously. The question I have for you is, can you be the best of all time? Can you be in the conversation if you've never won a Super Bowl? I know a lot of people are going to come back and say, no, you can't. Well, why not? Antonio Brown's had 100 yards In six out of seven playoff games he's been in. It ain't his fault they're losing. Just like it wasn't Terrell Owens' fault when the Eagles lost the Patriots. He was the best player on the field both teams. Wasn't his fault. It's tough for a wide receiver to be the reason. And I guess that's a good argument to say, okay, he's not the best player in the game. But if you're looking at dominant performances from a position, and then you're saying, okay, how many times did another guy have dominant performances from their position? I'm putting him right up there. Remember the no-fly zone, the Broncos, when they won the championship? A.B. had 16 catches against them. Harris hadn't given up a touchdown all year. He gave up three to Antonio Brown. He torched that dude. Now, Richard Sherman did have his way with Antonio Brown two years ago, but A.B. was also getting molested up and down the field. I mean, Sherman had a finger up his butt, and they weren't calling anything. That had something to do with it, in my opinion. Plus, think of the game planning that has to go into stopping that guy. He's got to be happy that he's got Le'Veon for one more season. He's got to be upset if he's not going to be around longer than that. But you have to throw everything you have on defense at this guy to even think about stopping him. Double coverage doesn't matter. I'm getting old. Excited in the pants, just thinking about watching him play this year. Like I'm I'm actually I guess I talked myself into getting excited for training camp now as to watch this guy. Who else is up there for you? The best players you've ever seen. Ray Lewis is in the conversation. Ray Lewis when he was at his best. And he was at his best for a long time, but when he was at his best in the early two thousands, holy crap. Ed Reed was like that too. Ed Reed was a freak of nature athlete. The ball would be in the air. And you wouldn't know it, but he was going to be there. The quarterback didn't know it. Troy Polamalu was the same way, differently. Troy Polamalu, if you're a running back and you got the ball, we saw a toss to the left in 2010. I think it was game number one, the Titans. And it was Chris Henry, fast running back maybe ever. CJ 2K Toss to the left. Looks like he's going to bust it for big yards. It's a six-yard loss. Troy Palamala met him in the backfield. Like You just didn't see things like that from other people. But I don't know if you see things like what we see from Antonio Brown. Certainly not packaged the way that Antonio Brown's packaged. And I've now hit the bingo for a number of times to say package in a segment. But Antonio Brown went up over the three players in Game 1 this year against Cleveland. And Antonio Brown shouldn't be going up over anyone. He's 5'11". He's not even six feet tall. Like Jerry Rice is a big dude, obviously. Huge hands. Megatron, big dude. Huge hands. Go up and get the football. Julio Jones, big dude. Antonio Brown, pound for pound, for sure, is the best. But it's the way he's packaged that he when he does these things, it's just it's unbelievable to me. So that was that segment. Me waxing poetic about how good he is. Is he a knucklehead? Fine. I don't care. I mean, I do. Makes my job easier. Makes my job more fun. But watching him on Sunday, pfft, yo. And Le'Veon Bell was kind of in that conversation two years ago. When he played the way he played, not this last season, but the one beforehand, Mm-mm. those two were the best players at their position in the game. Antonio Brown's a better player, period, than Ben Roethlisberger's ever been. Guys like Mark Madden will never admit that. Love you, Mark, but never would. Does that mean that A.B.'s more important to the Steelers than Ben Roethlisberger? No. He's better at his position than he's ever been at his. He's the best wide receiver in Steelers history, without a doubt. I saw Stan talked about this on his show a little bit today. And a lot of Steelers fans are bringing up Swan and Stallworth because they won the championships. Look, they were great. Lynn Swan was going up over people, and the way he played the game was also visually appealing. He didn't hold a candle to this guy. He's in the conversation with Jerry freaking Rice. Coming up next, a lot of football today. It's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. It's a Crowley show.
1: I defy you when you look at this statue to not think of White Goodman taking the bull by the horns.
0: Yeah, that's that's me taking the bull by the horns. That's how I handle my business. It's a metaphor. I get it. But that actually happened, though. He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is Adam Crowley Show. You said you boy. On 970 ESPN. And now on 106.3 FM. Antonio Brown's the best player I've ever seen. Your thoughts. 412-922-2874. Mr. Richard is back for the first time in like six months. Uh, Mr. Richard, I'm not going to lie to you, pal. I don't lie to anyone. I'm not going to lie, especially to you. I thought you were dead.
1: Well, I'm first, but not there yet.
0: Happy to hear it, man. What's on your mind?
1: Uh, you were talking about who was the... they uh, uh, about he's the best... Uh, well, his position. That's why I'll go for, his position. I'm not going to say this person is better, but Randy Moss. You
0: Randy know what? Moss. Randy Moss, when he was at his prime, he was right there. I mean... I don't think there's anybody who's been a more physically gifted player at that position than him. I mean, the way he could go up and get the football, the way that he could run. I mean, nobody was catching Randy Moss in a straightaway. That's a pretty good one there, Richard. I'm happy you came off the schneid for that. I'm happy you came off sabbatical. What's going on with you? Why haven't you been calling in a while? Well, because the only time I would
1: listen is this tonight Steve Gavard. has a uh, cooking show on. I don't know one bit of a cooking show. I have two choices. Adam Crowley or Sean Hannity. And I chose
0: Adam Crowley. You, my friend, need to pick from better stations, but we'll always win. Appreciate the time.
1: Okay.
0: Don't be a stranger. Don't die. Richard? Oh, no. Oh, no, Richard. Oh, no, Richard. Richard. Richard! The phone's still on. It's still connected. You can hear him. Richard, please, no. Somebody in Wheeling, go find Richard. 412 922 2874. Of course, the guy from West Virginia brings up Randy Moss. The one damn player from West Virginia worth going to West Virginia. He goes to freaking Marshall. But I'll get on that later. And by later, I mean never because yins don't care at all about that up here. Mr. Richard, call us back if you're alive, though. 412 922 2874. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Steelers always want to win the Super Bowl. Do. But there might be some added pressure this year as it's likely to be Le'Veon Bell's last. The countdown's on here on the Crowley Show. Six days. Until Le'Veon Bell has to have a decision made. And the Steelers have to have a decision made on whether or not he's coming back in a long-term deal. But if I'm breaking news, I feel like I can break it right now. I feel like I can break the news right now on the show. He's not going to sign a long-term extension. So this is the year. This is the best chance in the Ben Roethlisberger window to win a Super Bowl. Now, Ben's won him before without a big-time running back. But guess what? He had one of the best defenses of all time, which never gets talked about as one of the best defenses of all time. But it was. That helped out big time. The Steelers would need to make some huge strides on that side of the ball for that to even be close to being real. So that ain't going to happen. So this is it. This is the year. How do they take advantage of this year? Well, they have to start with the first portion of the schedule. They have got to jump out to a 7-1, and 6-2 and type record. Preferably... The former, not the latter, and they can do it. The second half of the schedule is brutal. Patriots, Saints. They got to go to Oakland. They got to go to Denver, Cincinnati. As Matt Williamson said yesterday, is one of the sleeper teams in the entire AFC. He thinks they have to wrap up the season on Bugs Bunny. Wrap up the season with them. So the first half of the schedule they got to take advantage of. They play at the Browns Week One. Browns are going to be a little bit sneakier this year. And last year they were almost sneaky enough to beat the Steelers in game number one. But you gotta win that game. You got the Chiefs coming to Pittsburgh. The Steelers always slap them around, whether it's at Arrowhead or here of late, and they're gonna be breaking in a new quarterback, and their defense stinks, so you should win that game. And you go to Tampa. You play the Bucks. Night game, but no Jameis Winston. That one scares me. That's got Steelers' loss written all over it. Road game that you're totally expected to win because their backup quarterback's playing. In fact, it reminds me a lot of when Tyler Falco was in Kansas City. But they should win that one. And you play the Ravens at home. You play the Falcons at home. Falcons are going to be good, and they're going to just have their way with the Steelers' defense. You'd have to think. But the Steelers have done very well against the NFC at home. Really all time, but in the Mike Tomlin and Bill Cowher era. And you go to Paul Brown Stadium. You play the Browns again at the Ravens. You got the Panthers on Thursday night at home. Usually the home teams have a big advantage in those games Thursday night. So those are the first nine. Steelers got a good shot to go 7-2 and two there, I think. You never know. Players get hurt on the Steelers. Maybe they start off not playing all that well. You just don't know. But if the Steelers are going to be the team that they need to be in Ben Roethlisberger's third to last season, perhaps, then they've got to take advantage of that early season schedule. Mike Florio asked a question today on PFT.com. It was, I thought, a silly one. He said, does Bell have incentive to show up for Steelers camp after the deadline is passed? Florio's a great football mind, but... I can't wrap my head around that being a good idea for Bell. His contention is that Bell was slow out of the gates last year and didn't really pick up steam until week four against the Ravens. He's right. Was that because he missed camp? It's possible. Maybe it's even likely. So his point is that if Bell misses camp, then he could have a slow start and affect his value negatively on next year's open market. But I disagree. Bell could hurt his value by blowing out his knee. Or tearing his Achilles. Two things that are going to happen or could happen, I should say, if he goes to training camp. But Bell had 1,900 yards from scrimmage last year, even with sitting out a camp. Even after that slow start. If he does that again, same numbers, he will make a bleep ton of money on the market at season 10. If I'm Bell, I sit out. I know I can put up good numbers and make some cash. Now if he gets hurt, well, then he ain't going to get the same kind of deal. As far as money is concerned, though, if Bell can get the deal that the Steelers had on the table for him last year from another suitor next year, on top of the $26 million he'll have just made guaranteed from the Steelers and franchise money the last two years, then he's going to come out well ahead in terms of cash money. I think Le'Veon Bell betting on himself here, if he stays healthy, duh, obviously, is going to pay him huge dividends. Consider if he would have signed the Steelers' offer last year. He would have made guaranteed money up front of $26 million. Ish, right? That's what the report was. And then he would have played out the remaining three years following that. Well, now it's flipped on its head. He makes the $26 million guaranteed anyhow. And then on the backside of that, he then makes the contract that was going to guarantee him the money. Instead of waiting around for another contract later in his career, after he's over the age of 30, Le'Veon Bell now pushes that forward and saves the cash. I don't blame the Steelers here for not paying him $11 million more than the next highest paid running back. Bell's rapping about $17 million a year. I don't blame the Steelers at all for not going to that number. I also don't blame Bell for asking for it. Because this does make financial sense for him. What I do blame Bell for, though, is traipsing around like a jackass the way he has. Threatening to retire. Skipping a walkthrough. Training camp doesn't bother me so much, but if you are one of the people who feels personally offended that he didn't go to training camp last year and isn't going to go this year, then okay, fine, you could pile on. Le'Veon Bell was asking for the ball more after the Steelers lost to the Jaguars this year. There are things he does that perturb me, brought me the wrong way. The missing of the drug test, not ideal. The getting into a car and driving a car with LeGarrette Blunt and a woman smoking the dope, also something that's not the brightest in your NFL career. Those things all can bother you if you want them to, and some of those things do bother me. The money stuff, though, I get it. I'm never going to get all mad at a guy. For that, Caleb tweets at underscore Adam Crowley about Antonio Brown. Got to agree on Larry Fitz comment. Never seen a college football player that good. He made Rod Rutherford look like Aaron Rodgers. Antonio Brown makes defenders look ridiculous at this level. Puts him on skates. Braden tweets, Mr. Richard, I thought he was dead. What a day. The only thing missing is Devin calling in. <laughs> Yeah, let's get this gang back together. It's almost football season. I'm going to be talking a bleep ton about football from now until when? April? And then there's the draft. Football season never sleeps on a Crowley show, but we'll be talking a lot of wall-to-wall football from now until the beginning of the season, and then it all takes off from there. And we know how Devin likes his ball. And we know that Mr. Richard can't stay away. Flock back to me, my snowflakes. Flock back to me. Coming up next, would the slashing of ticket prices at Steelers games help you go into the door? For me, it wouldn't. There's other things I'd change that would help the game day experience. We'll get into that coming up. And more on Le'Veon Bell. And I think the false narrative that the Steelers can easily replace him after this year. It's a Crowley show.